you don't, you're not very committal to anything. You're saying, oh, what better, mom? I'm, I'll do the, you wouldn't do the bet. I'll do the bet. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League Unnamed Corporate Sponsor Podcast. I'm Ben, joined here with Christopher Keane. How are you, buddy? Oh, well, man. Nice little night recording. How are you? What's going on? Keeney, I'm good. Ben, good to be here. Thanks for throwing me, Keeney. There's been some reports in the chat today that we're a tight-knit unit here at the EDL Podcast, so I'd just like to confirm that. It's good to be with you, boys. Nice that you've got our back there, and we've been uh, we've been given lots of feedback on previous pods, and we were told we've got to cut down this silence between talking. So, boys, if there's ever a moment where one of us is taking a breath or I don't know uh, having a thought, Jake doesn't like that. So we've got to just fill all this awkward silence. So, Jake, we've taken it on board, mate, and we'll uh, we'll try and keep it snappy for you. So, welcome to all the listeners out there. We're continuing to reach more people each week. Uh, We've got some more international and interstate listeners who have jumped on, believe it or not. So welcome to any new listeners who may have stumbled across this pod in the recent weeks. And uh, you can give us a shout out on Twitter and Instagram at EDLpod. Be sure to let us know where it is you're actually listening from. So there's plenty to uh, get through on the show today. So we'll kick it off with our news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us and I don't like it. And uh, after an 0-4 start to the season, the Dolphins being the holder of their first and second round picks, and I'm talking about the Texans here who have decided to part ways with Billy O'Brien and uh, have named Romeo Cronell as the interim head coach. What do you think of uh, the fantasy implications here, boys? Because Bill O'Brien was pretty uh, swift with some personnel decisions over the off-season, so... We'll start with David Johnson. Do you do you expect he will be um, in the game plan as originally thought, and even years beyond? What do you think? Uh, I think to I think early days will be very similar, but it definitely if I've got stock in any Texans players, especially sort of older blokes like a David Johnson, it, it will be interesting to see if they're going to persist with someone like that uh, or move on. Who knows? I mean the new personnel, whoever it is. I think for this year, it might be okay if it stays as Romeo Cronell. Um, but if a new coach comes in, they haven't got any sort of um, alliance to these players who were brought in. So time will tell. Well, it's um, early days, but the name that's probably the most unlucky bloke to not have a job is Eric Bieniemy, And imagine him with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think that's a pretty scary prospect and it's probably not the worst job. Uh, having Deshaun Watson there as your quarterback. What are your thoughts, Keeney? No, you're, you're spot on there. But also, the, on the flip side, they're, it's, they're going to Romeo Cronell, aren't they? And um, I'll just run you run you through some numbers from big Romeo's efforts as a head coach in the <laughs> NFL. His, cur- his current record is a staggering 28-55 and 55 as a head coach in the NFL. So 0-4 Texans. Do we think they uh, they rebound? They're in an interesting spot. You've got a vested interest in it, Hot. Well, after my first crystal ball last week about coaching changes, I'm probably going to steer away from this one. What do, what do you think, Ben? <laughs> uh, I've never been a fan of Romeo Cronell, so I don't think it's going to get better for them anytime soon. So if I'm a Texans fan uh, and if I own Texans players, I'm almost putting a line through this season and hoping to regroup next year. I would say they should just probably tank the season away, but Miami have their first two picks, so mm. they've got no real incentive to do that. So uh, it'd be interesting. Will be. Anyway, Tough and spot. probably in the bigger mm. news of the week and one that everyone's going to be watching very, very closely, and that is the Titans, who were looking to reopen their facilities after their uh, confirmed COVID cases in the previous week. So they were ready to reopen, and then uh, they had two new cases, one confirmed as Corey Davis and the other one I think was a false positive, but either way, Corey Davis has officially been put on the COVID IR list and this is huge implications for the Titans and their upcoming game with the Bills, which almost looks certain to be cancelled. And now there's discussion of will points be deducted? Will the NFL come down on them and 
Um, time will tell with that, but it's not looking too great and it's leaving a lot of people, especially with fantasy in limbo. What do you think, Hod? Yeah, well, you just touched on it there. The NFL has come out and said there will not be any games forfeited, which is great news for fantasy, um, even though you could argue that it's already impacted a few blokes last week. Um, that, that wasn't ideal. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think this will grow some legs. I think they'll come down on them pretty, pretty hard. And it's unfortunate because the Titans are off to a 3-0 start. So either way, it's going to put a damper on the season, I would have thought. Yeah, well, I think it's an interesting one that they came out and said that no games will be forfeited because if the uh, Titans can't play this week and they've already had their bye, I don't know what else they can do. Like, what are they going to start pushing games till, push them back till Tuesdays, Wednesdays until things are confirmed? I don't know. It just seems like it's just going to get messier and messier and, um, and COVID is not going to go away anytime soon in the NFL. And moving on to some more news around the league and, and a similar topic, obviously, here with Stefan Gilmore last night uh, testing positive to COVID and now on the IR list as well. Um, obviously, it's got pretty far-reaching ramifications and there's a, quite a few unhappy people, um, particularly on social media, just saying how naive the NFL was to actually play that game. Um, Chiefs and Pats last week with with Cam and everything that went on, even though they did have multiple tests and all that sort of stuff, just the the, the ability for the, the virus to spread so quickly. Um, and obviously it's come out post the game with um, Gilmore. You know, I think there was a play where he's involved with Mahomes and obviously after the game as well. So a lot of fantasy implications, but also real NFL implications as well with obviously the best player in the league. They don't want him to have any part of it. Um, but moving away from, from COVID... Um, it's the other interesting part of the, the week this week is that Ron Rivera has seen enough of Dwayne Haskins and he's decided to to move on. He's had a four-week sample and said, no, that's, um, we wanted to see some improvement in the first month of the season. I don't think we have. So he's moved on to Kyle Allen, who he's obviously familiar with um, in his days from Carolina last year. So, Pod, you've got Kyle Allen, smartly drafted him in the startup for this very reason, I would assume. Well, I'm glad you can see that perspective, Kenny, because a certain member of our league couldn't today and, and felt like I was a bit fortunate. Um, maybe fortunate with the timing, with Cam being out, but I think that's the sole reason why I took him where I did because he was the last quarterback I felt that had a chance to take over a starting role at some point. Some will argue, you know, he's not much chop, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one with um with the Haskins news today. Like, so it's sort of uh, not that he's been playing well, but the there wasn't much talk about him being benched. And not only has he been benched, he's actually been demoted to the number three spot. So Alex Smith has been promoted to the backup. So it's not like he's just had a, a switch out. He's actually been pushed right down. And there was talk that they were bringing a QB off the practice squad too. So it's not good signs for old Haskins there, and a play that Manny probably going to be pretty disappointed has uh, regressed so quickly. Well, it's interesting timing as well, because it was probably Haskins' best passing game against a really good D. Uh, The thing that, because I did watch this game, the thing that must have really irritated the coaching staff was the timing of some of the sacks. His awareness is just not great. And he took some sacks in some crucial third downs and then when they were in field goal range. So... That was the disappointing part, but I thought he actually passed the ball pretty well against a pretty handy D. But for mine, it's also a weird, it's a weird time to do that. And as you said, demote him to the number three spot. Like if, if, you, if you don't have confidence in him going forward and you're looking to probably trade him, that's not a great look for, you, for your franchise. And I would, I, would, I would have thought keeping him in the mix, you know, with a possibility to return to the field and show what he can do if you want to trade him, now he's kind of, jammed away at the number three, not going to get back on the field. It's kind of who's going to, who's going to take a punt and you're probably lowering his value, I would have thought. Well, yeah, forward. I mean, it kind of makes you think that are they going with a bit of a tough love approach because they want him as a quarterback? He was always, when he got drafted, seen as a sort of red shirt type quarterback that needed time to develop. He probably got thrust into it too quickly and maybe this is they're trying to really put him back to square one and 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 train him up to be the quarterback that he has the ability they think in him. Because I agree, they're not boosting his value by doing this. Um, so maybe they're in his plans. 
they're yeah. in his, he's in theirs. Maybe that's what I meant to say there. <laughs> and just one last one before we move on to some um, injury news around the league. And we'll get to this in the preview, but obviously Hod has every possible chance to start Kyle Allen this week against the Park City Lions. I'm very intrigued to see if he pulls the trigger on this one. Well, speaking of pulling, that's a good segue because we'll hit up the injury news and a flat chub alert. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I had a question when I saw this on the rundown. A flat chub, does that mean three o'clock? I would have thought you went six o'clock there, uh, Ben. <laughs> but um, Nick Chubb's out for six weeks with an MCL. So that's that's a big hit to your team. Well, yeah. um, quick, I think quick we overworked the chub and uh, as a result, <laughs> got injured. You're saying below horizontal rather than just the horizontal sort of flatness. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would have thought, you know, a two-week injury might have been three o'clock, but we'll push on. Um, Austin Eckler, that's another bad one. This looked really bad at the time, um, so much so that he got helped off the field and then couldn't actually get onto the cart with a hyperextension of the knee, which has led to a hamstring. Um, a grade two strain. So they're saying six weeks, but I think that'll be... Best case scenario for that one. Uh, Sony Michelle on IR with a quad injury. Um, might not be big news there, but uh, Harris came in and made the most of his first game. So, uh, Kenny? Yeah, just just one quick one on Eckler. And I know Matthew's an avid listener and he loves Austin Eckler this year. They have um, confirmed that they're not going to have any surgery. So, it's just going to be a four to six week rest and rehab kind of injury for him. So, that's probably some good news for mm. Austin out there yeah definitely it's always good news not going under the knife uh a, a grade two hammy though there there is a many that do go under the knife for that so um speaking of someone who might need to go under the knife is julio because he's re-aggravated this bloody hamstring again on monday night football and he, he didn't look great um at all so it's a very questionable decision to play him um and another one of my wide receivers is Godwin, who's been ruled out. Um, but that was expected because now he gets 10 days for... Should be back the following game. So is that just one game he's officially played this year, Godwin? Or two now? Two. Two, okay. Yeah, so he'd... Uh, I don't know. Hamstrings seem to be the common trend this year, don't they, with the the shortened... Well, the no preseason and the restrictions from being in the um, facilities and all that. So it's not... Not good all round for these wide receivers and these explosive athletes who are starting to get hamstring strains and, left, right, and centre. And just on the injuries, like if you look at the top ten players that were drafted, it's just been it's horrid. insane. Um, and you, you could you could argue, you know, so Manny's mentioned it, and running backs are more likely to get injured. But even this year, this this soft tissue injury stuff is really playing on the wide receivers, and they're usually a lot more safer with injuries. So. It's been a brutal start and hopefully we can move on. Well, we'll move on. I've got here that uh, it's probably no relevance to the pod, but I did, when I was looking through the injury news, I noticed that the Cardinals free safety, Chris Banjo is out with a, with a hamstring injury there. So let's hope, uh, <laughs> let's hope he's ha- not snapped the hamstring um, or his banjo string as it might be. <laughs> that was really the, the only reason banjo. why I put that in there. The old banjo string injury, I think it's known in Cardinals facilities. Um, but yeah, and then we've got, well, Calvin Ridley was going into the game with an injury, uh, with a questionable tag. He played, he had four targets, but no catches. So don't know if that injury maybe played um, a part in him well and truly underperforming. Um, but yeah, a couple more sort of quarterback injuries, Keeney, that you're going to touch on. Yeah, well, and Lamar, Benny, like a, we normally talk about Lamar every episode, um, but we're going to do here, we're going to do talk about him this week because he missed out on practice today. I think he's going to be okay, though, in what looks to be a juicy matchup against Cincinnati this week. So you'd want him to get up for that one. Um, and Sam Darnold, as we all kind of watched last week, he fought through that AC injury um, against Denver, but he has been ruled out for this week. So the DFF will hope that Jimmy G can return for his lineup this week. It's a shame that Jimmy G is looking to be back this week because it would have been interesting if the 
bloke who drafted only two quarterbacks had them both injured at the same time because we did sort of say, what do you do in those scenarios? He's managing to scrape by for now, but it's definitely going to come. Teams that are short on quarterbacks or certain positions for that matter will get caught short at some point. So it will be interesting when people have to cross that. I know, Hod, you had to last week with just uh, with Cam going out. You had to put someone else in the super flex. It's not an easy, and it's probably one of your lower scores uh, for the year so far. So it does make it tricky. Well, we'll move to the league news and uh, big names that came through this week in the old waiver wire acquisitions. We had Brian Hoyer just going off the board for a large, juicy $43. And the old D. Ernest Johnson for a whopping 92 of your $100 Keeney. Boys, these big names that you've gone out and purchased. And Hoyer, didn't he just play every part of a $43 waiver wire pickup? <laughs> he was putrid. <laughs> Very sure lucky did. you didn't play him in the end in your Superflex spot because I'd rather play no one than Brian Hoyer after watching that game. Well, it's, it's a good point you made because Keeney tried his best to convince me to play him. <laughs> he really I, did. Uh, I didn't like what I saw. Um, but what, what I will say on these two huge acquisitions is at least Keeney gets a high value rental for possibly six weeks. Whereas I got a handy bench rental for about six minutes. So you're doing better than I am Keeney. And what I will just say on 43 and $92, I mean, dynasty, it's really 20 cents to the dollar with this stuff. Cause I'm going to struggle to spend the remaining 50 of my budget. So not too worried about how much I spend there. Yeah. And I think to be honest, that'll be kind of the norm going forward is that just blowing your budget on someone that you think could be potentially relevant. That's basically all you're doing. Um, could probably be the norm. Now we do have a live trade with one of the podcasts. We this program for an important news announcement. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, breaking news boys. I, uh, ridiculous. We've just had a trade go through. So I thought I'd uh, I'd I'd uh, wait and pull the trigger on accepting this trade until we were live on the air. Um, Matt and I have just completed a trade, so this won't be breaking news to you guys by the time you listen to it all, because you will have seen it gone through. But yeah, Matty Mac has uh, he's reached out for the old Jimmy Robinson, and we've completed a trade that sees uh, me receiving KJ Hill, a wide receiver from the Chargers. His second round pick for the upcoming rookie draft and his first and second for next year's rookie draft. And I'm sending James Robinson, Maddie Maxway. So what do you think of that one, boys, just off the top of your head as it's broken? Straight off the top, um, seems a decent package for you, Ben. Um, and an interesting play from Matthew, bit of a chips-in manoeuvre, I would have thought, for this year. Um, gives him some good depth, obviously, in that running back position. Undrafted free agent James Robinson goes for a first and two seconds and a player. Dynasty is... I'm really enjoying this, actually. It's just... It's amazing kind of what people will value, and I don't mind it for both here, um, to be honest. And it just shows kind of... I think that the closer we get to the pointy end and to seeing where your roster sits and mm. seeing you think you can win it. And I'm going to, I think my next year's pick's going to be in the, you know, in the late 10 to 12 range. So I don't care. I get James Robinson in now and I can try and win it. Well, that's it. I mean, th- there's a couple of ways you could look at it that James Robinson a few weeks back had lesser value. So there's a chance that he could keep getting touches and his value could increase. Who knows? It's a bit of a game, but I think the Eckley injury is probably what, um, made Matt want to shore up that position because his list is looking pretty solid and his scores are looking pretty solid each week. So I think he's looking at that will give him some coverage for now and potentially uh, in into the, the future for this season as well. What do you think, Hod? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting um, pivot from Matt. Well, not, not pivot, if you like, but just from when we left the draft, um, some did feel that Matt would be down the bottom and that was based on how young his squad was and where maybe the wide receivers position was sitting but it's it's been as good of a start you could ask for for his squad and he's obviously seen that and liked where he is and has gone all in which as I've demonstrated I I like that strategy as well Um, and and I do agree with your point there with a key player like Eckler going down um, Robinson definitely helps soften that blow. 
Yeah, and I think um, Robinson is a he's a great player in a redraft league. So if you're looking at just this season, he's a very solid player and he's had some pretty solid scores. His future isn't as certain as other players because he is an undrafted free agent and how he got the role and everything. But at least for now, he's looking pretty solid for this year. And um, yeah, I think it's it's a trade for for both teams. And we did actually touch on this when we were reviewing everyone's teams after the draft that just because people walked away from the draft with that team, it's so easy with draft picks and people's thinking of where their teams are at after a few games go down and their records start to play out that you can start to throw things around and and go all in or pivot out of a particular uh, strategy that you might have had. And it's what Matt was sort of banking on was a few of his rookie wide receivers um, actually playing well and Ceddie Lamb and T Higgins have come along pretty quickly already in the season. So that was sort of his biggest weakness, and he's looking to shore up, I think, that team around them. Kenny? Now, I do have a question for you, Ben, and that is, how are you going to... You are going to dominate this draft. You have, just quietly for the listeners at home, three first-rounders and four second-rounders in this upcoming draft. Wow-wee! Is this, uh, was this all part of the plan? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I think Chubb getting injured and me losing to Camo by 0.8 was sort of, it was a little bit of that of what do I gain by holding someone like a James Robinson? And to be honest, it wasn't like I sought out Matt with this trade. Um, as I said, I spoke to Papa the other week because I thought he was someone who was looking to potentially pay up for a running back. So Matt actually reached out to me and I thought, you know what? Um, it kind of makes sense with where my team is currently at. So, you know, I guess it just shows that it's worth just inquiring, especially if you are a team that um, that is looking to shore up your lists. You know, I'm, I'm sure like you did, Hod, with uh, Zach Ertz and, and those type of players, it's worth just sort of asking people where they're thinking at is at. I know that um, I've had a couple of people ask about Lamar and a few other positions. I think anyone's got their price. Like, I don't think I'm... Uh, really sold on any particular player, even if I did spend my number one pick in the draft on them. I think that if I feel a deal is good enough, I will, yeah, I'll be more than happy to talk about it. Todd? Well, instead of looking too far in the future, I do have you this week, Ben, so I'm kind of happy you pulled the trigger just ahead of week five because James Robinson's been quite handy. So it's obviously nothing set in stone here, but it's it's well-timed, if I might add. Yes. Kenny, what were you going to add? My Change my prediction. But um, just one other thing before we move on, and this is breaking news that me and Hod had zero clue about, so Ben's uh, done a nice job of dropping this on the pod. But um, I do like that the more more of these kind of trades that come through and the more deals that get done, it kind of does set a market a little bit for for other teams out there who might be a bit unsure about, okay, what's what, what should I be paying for this player or what can I get for this player? So that... Whilst every trade's different and every trade's not perfect, that kind of sets that kind of benchmark. Okay, well, this is what Matt spent for James Robinson. This is what Ben got. Okay, let's let's maybe start close to that and then we can work our way from there. Yeah, and I, I know we've touched on it so many times, but, you know, none of us really know what a value of something is. It's really just our opinion at this point. And, and for me, like first-round picks, I think, of, I think they are great value to have, but you've got to obviously turn it into a player. And I do think that there is a difference between a 2021 first-round pick and a 2022 first-round pick. And it's for the point that you raised the other week, Keeney, in that you go for two years without turning that into something and actually getting points back onto your squad. Like, it's just sort of a piece at that point. It's not doing anything for you. So, um, yeah, I I think that it's an interesting trade. And, yeah, we'll we'll see how – I mean, it's going to be one that we'll have to wait a while for to see how it pans out. But I guess we'll know this year whether it pans out from that. Well, let's just go off where Matt currently is. I've, I've done a breakdown of the rookie picks, which would have been in our startup draft. So these are picks mm. 9 to 12 in the first round this year. Jalen Rieger, Justin Jefferson, Keyshawn Vaughan, Henry Ruggs. And then if we go to the second round, which you'll have two years of this, um, the likes of Josh Kelly, Antonio Gibson, Jordan Love and Chase Claypoolos. So, um, yeah, just some insights on mm. what sort of players you're looking at in yeah. the future rookie rounds. And obviously you have to hit on them because they're not all going to pan out. We all know that. But uh, I think the more sort of bites you've got at the cherry, 
the higher chance of uh, of hitting on something. So I'm I'm looking for lots of bites at this point. And, look, and I think this class was pretty loaded too, so it might not always be that deep. Yeah, but, uh, it's a valid point. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, move on to the reviews, shall we? What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. Well, uh, where are we, Ben? Are we just going to have that every week where you just hold back a trade and release it on the on the pond? That's flawed. Uh, <laughs> a new segment. Was, what trade will awesome. I pull off this week? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on um, to the week four action. Um, we'll kick it off with your good self, Benjamin. Just going down to Camo, who gets his first win on the board by 0.8. Um, bit, of, bit of pill to swallow, really, in the end. Um, came right down to the wire, obviously, I think. Camo needed around the 20 mark from Mahomes to get the win. And gee whiz, oh boy, was there some controversy with a couple of calls that went uh, Mahomes' way, particularly that fumble slash interception in the second mm. quarter well. where Bill Belichick lost the plot and they punted the ball before he realised what was happening. Um, that was very, very controversial and obviously could have got you the win. I mean, you can you can point to a lot of moments in the whole of fantasy to say, oh, if this happened, I would have won. But... Um, that one was front and centre because it was the last remaining game. It was, um, I'll just jump in, sorry, quickly, but that was, it was one where I went into that game going, Mahomes to score 20 for the win is pretty doable. So I went in with very low expectations. And then as I was watching the game and it was quite low scoring and they were kind of all over Mahomes at that point, uh, it started to give me a little bit of hope. And then that play happened and, I was sort of working at the time and saw it in the background and thought, well, that's either a fumble or a pick. I don't know. They'll make the call on that. Kept working. And then when I checked the scores, went, why hasn't he been penalised for anything? And then found out what actually happened and I was pretty frustrated. Then to lose by 0.8 where that play would have made the difference. But anyway, I, I can't be too mad with Mahomes almost scoring under 20, which is pretty un- unlikely in itself. So... Anyway, I could have played Justin Herbert, which would have really hurt Camo, who's a mad Chargers fan, and that would have been the the reason why I beat him. But anyway, as a as a great man that I know would say, you, you're handling it really well, Ben. <laughs> you know, I listened back to that today when I said that to you, and I thought he's definitely going to bring this up because I cracked it about the little <laughs> touch pass touchdown. <laughs> oh, fantasy football! You gotta <laughs> love it? it. One week's uh, a long time, isn't it? Sorry, Keeney. I'll let you get back on track. Never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me. Fantasy. It just can uh, rip your rip your heart out pretty quickly. I will add, adding insult to uh, literal injury. It was a perfect storm for Camo with Ben's chub coming up limp, and on the other side of the the coin, Camo had a fit and firing Kareem Hunt that just slotted nicely into the Browns. So it was a bit of a you know double edged sword there for Ben. Fortunately, um, you did touch on the fact that. And you did mention to me a couple of times, geez, I should have just played Justin Herbert over Baker and I would have had the win. But, you know, always easy to say in hindsight. But I will say that you must be happy with how young Justin is tracking because, wowee, does he look like a very nice NFL quarterback in the making. Mm. He he is looking very, very good. Um, Still has the rookie errors, which we expect. But those, those deep balls... Oh, they are delicious. That's what drew me to him, really, when I drafted him. <laughs> but I'll, I will just add on to think of, as you do with a close battle, uh, you, you tend to go back and look at all of the little things. But after tonight's trade, the ramifications of some of those points, is, you know, it's a really big difference maker, considering you might not have made that trade given where you, like where you are in the season, Ben. You, you've done pretty well, so... It's uh, quite interesting there. Yeah, no, spot on. I, I don't think I probably would have. If I was sitting three and one right now, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on a trade there. I would have waited a little bit longer. So, yeah, point eight of a score. Imagine if there's a point correction now. That would really hurt. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, so basically what that. you're saying, what you're saying is if you didn't have the love chub on the bench, that you probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger. <laughs> oh, Katie! I think people are going to be. I mean, that um, I feel bad for Chubb, but people are going to be happy that he's injured because it means we will stop giving <laughs> ridiculous puns every week. I'm just going to taking a break on the Chubb. Let's uh, let's close this off. I will say for Kamo, it was good to see Debo Samuel back, even though he's in a bit of a limited role. He 
did look pretty good in that San Fran game. And I will say, goodness me, oh boy, is he lucky he has Mahomes and Watson because the Nick Mullins hype train has come to a screeching halt. And if Stidham isn't ahead of what we saw out of Big Brian, then, oh boy, do we have some concerns for Jared Stidham's career in New England. Let's push on to the Gym City Stallions, a 117 versus the Bayside Executioners who trumped him with a 162. Moves to 4-0 and Cha-Ching gets the 20 bucks for the highest score of the week. So um, correctly predicted there. But Jim got off to a hot start on Thursday Night Football with Melvin Gordon gashing the Jets for 25 points. But this battle was never close. Scoot was the top scorer of the week off the back of great roster management, really. He played very close to his optimal lineup this week with the exception of David Moore. Um, who we've talked about on earlier pods, but Scoot can be forgiven for sitting him considering how much he reached for him in the 25th round of the startup draft. Perhaps he is making him earn his roster spot before getting a start, but we'll wait and see this week. The Stallions uh, really not picking up the slack whilst Henry has been out. Rogers has tried his best. He's off to a, a riveting start, but Josh Jacobs has been pretty underwhelming since the week one explosion. AJ Green is an afterthought at the, at the moment and what looked like a sneaky good asset in Henderson for the Rams it was underwhelming on the weekend against a juicy matchup and now has Cam Akers back in the fold. So we'll see what happens there with the Rams backfield. However, Jim does get Lindsay back this week. So um, we'll see if he rolls him out, rolls the Denver double out actually with Gordon and Lindsay. But um I just realised I've spent the whole time talking about Jim in a loss. So to get back to Scooter, I think it's best to ignore his 4-0 start and we'll move on to the next game, boys. <laughs> ah, yes. Very good. Uh, probably giving Scoot the airtime he requires there. So <laughs> let's move on. Keeney and the Grouse, which scored, might be a season high, 113.52. Uh, he dropped to 0-4 because he was defeated by the Humdingers at a lowly 120.3, which did bring you up to 2-2 two and two on the season. And uh, much like Matt Ryan and Julio, this matchup was pretty underwhelming as I was watching it pan out over the games. Keeney's injuries, uh, they continue to restrict his scoring, coupled with an underwhelming start to the season from players he was expecting more from. See what I did there, Keeney? That was a good pun. Hey. DJ more. Because of DJ, that's right. He's underwhelmed. Um, Very good. Kittle, though. Whoa. You've been waiting quickly. for... Did you, get, did, you get the tumbleweed, did you get the tumbleweed sound ready for this week? No, I didn't. Oh, I could have used it there. I'll, I'll see if I can get it ready because no doubt you'll bring out a great one in a few seconds. Um, but no, Kittle was probably your biggest highlight, Keeney. He came out and... He got injured in that first week, scored nine, was out the next two weeks. And people were wondering how he'd come back from that knee injury. Well, he came out and scored almost 40. He did score 40, I think. Cracked the 40 burger in this game back. Scored 35% of your whole score for the week. So that's good and bad at the same time, I think. Um, With CMC out and the addition of COVID cam to Hod's bench, I think Hod just uh, scraping these sort of wins while his team has got these people on the bench is uh, that's what you got to do. I think uh, to get, keep you sort of in the hunt because we know that when your team is up and running, you can produce those 150 plus scores. So chalking up these wins right now with your um, undermanned team is, is a great thing for you to be doing at the moment. So I've got another prediction here, guys. I started 0-2 on the season and I'm flying now with my predictions because the next game, which was the DFF scoring 129.68, they dropped to 0-4 because they were defeated by Prestige Worldwide, 156.6, who's moved up to 4-0. and So Matt defeats uh, Thomas the Tank. <laughs> yes, I almost forgot that I had that ready to go. And uh, so he moves to 0-4 on the season old DFF, but I think he's quietly happy about that, obviously. Um, So his team's still producing the type of score needed to compete at the pointy end of the season, Matt, and as we just found out earlier, he's traded now, which is really confirming 
where he's positioning himself for this year. So promising signs from his wide receivers, like I said. Um, those young blokes in T. Higgins is looking like the bloke that Joe Burrow likes a lot to throw to. C.D. Lamb had a solid game, scored 22. I think it was for Steph. Mixon uh, made this score line a bit flattering, put up 39, I think it was in the end. But yeah, however, some bright spots on his bench uh, surely mean that we're in for another onslaught of clickbait from the old EDL chap as these sort of no-name players put up subpar scores. Uh, another correct prediction, which put me to 2-0 and on the week again. And Keeney, on to the next game. Yeah, well done, mate. That was outstanding predictions from you. <laughs> real uh, real uh, Don't tough Don't be stuff. flat because you got both yours wrong, mate. That's okay. Yeah, I did. I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm glad you did. I will say for Steph, it's good that um, that Joe Mixon's finally kind of come to the party this year. I mean, it, it would have been a frustrating kind of thing having him picked him first, I think. For his, mm-hmm. for his squad, he's just been pretty underwhelming. So that's kind of what he's capable of if they use him the right way. So um, good things for him. Um, moving on to the next game, OJ's, this is a battle of the heavyweights, this one. OJ's legal team, the 3-0 and OJ's legal team, now drops to 3-1 and after losing to Pappas Punishers, 157 on the board, and also moves to 3-1, and puts himself right in contention. And I know he's very, very, very happy with how his team is tracking at the moment. He tells me regularly, almost daily, in fact. We, this wouldn't be uh, Papa, would it? Hey, I'm your donkey of the week, boys. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Your soundboard is catch, amazing. If you didn't catch that, that's old donkey Papa. Hey, I'm your donkey of the again. week, boys. Eeyaw. <laughs> So if we ever need to refer to him, we've even got this one up our sleeve. Eeyaw. We just got the straight Eeyaw ready to <laughs> oh, This is Jesus. brilliant. Oh, oh, God, that's going well, to get me entertained. He wasn't a donkey this week. His team put up a really nice score and some promising signs from the Punishers with a lot of his um, players producing very nicely this week. Um, even Brady wound the clock back after a shaky pick six again from Tom. Um, but then he just decided to throw for five touchdowns. I think one of his receivers as well that doesn't get a lot of the credit that some of the more high-profile second, third-year receivers get is um, DJ Chark. And I think he's really important um, for the Jags. And when he's in the lineup, they're a completely different team. And I think he's a, a pretty damn good uh, receiver. So that was a very nice pick and proving so for the punishers. Um, and he does catch a bit of a break here this week with uh, Eckler out, obviously, for a little while. So he's got Justin Jackson there, which could be a startable commodity for him. Um, moving on to Jake's team, it was a bit of a disappointing week, really, for Jake. And as the number one seed um, before this week, and we'll get to the power ranking shortly to see if that's changed or not, but um, he's put in a Dublé donut. I think it's the first first team to, to have the Dublé donut. Nothing from Cooks and nothing from Ridley. Oh boy! Uh, and I Tim, know uh, Tim do it a couple of weeks back. Well, no, he, talking, he had one with Fuller. Yeah, yeah. It's just for the number one seed to produce that was a shock, and obviously we don't think that'll happen. With I think it highlights how strong his team is with two donuts, and he still scores one hundred and twenty is pretty impressive. Well, that's that's a good point because um, I haven't reached the great heights of one hundred and twenty yet. So <laughs> the fact that he's able to do that a couple of couple of doughies in there is just speaks probably more. My team and his, but uh, we'll move on pretty quickly. Um, he obviously had to play James White in his super flex as well, which did him no favours with some um, injury to Fan, and I think Roethlisberger's on bye. So, I might, um, uh, I might offer a trade for Flex Burkhead to him. Maybe that's what he yeah. needs to bolster that line. He, he could get four net back this week, which will help, and Roethlisberger coming off the bye, and apparently Drew Locke's tracking pretty well to return pretty quickly. So... I did tip the OJ's legal team to win this one. So well done to Papa, moving to three and one and right in the mix. Force to be reckoned with. I can, uh, I can give some insight on this game. I can tell you right now, Jake did not want to lose this one to Papa. And he came to me during the Thursday night game. I'll just give you some insights into where Jake's mind was at because it was in another world. But Noah Fant got injured in the second quarter. And he'd already put up eight and a half points. And he's, he's texted me going, oh, the fantasy gods are obviously not with me. Has this guy forgotten that he started 3-0 and 
He's absolutely killing it. And when he sent me that text, I thought, oh, hang on, who's Papa had that's gone off here? No, nah, no one. Papa's on zero, and Jake's complaining that his tight end scored him eight and a half. So <laughs> just a bit of perspective here for you, Jake. You had a rough week, but Jesus Christ, pull your head in. Jake, I would kill for an eight and a half, mate. Send all the eight and a halves my way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. Oh. He also messaged me that conversation he had with you, Hoddick, and... Uh, he was calling you Salt Bay for a bit because he got quite salty when he when he said the fantasy gods were against him. I did, I did agree with you to some extent. Getting an eight and a half out of your tight end before he gets injured is probably not the worst thing in the world. But um, yeah, look, I think it just speaks volumes for two things. One, how strong his team is, um, and so eight and a half's not cutting it for the OJ's legal team. But also, just how much this bloke and all of us care about this league in that we really want to get these wins and we really want our teams to perform. And, you know, it's early rivalries that are taking off this year. But as you said, he really didn't want to lose to Papa. And I think he saw the writing on the wall early and it's cut him up a little bit inside that that's been his first loss in this league is to Absolutely. the punishers. I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do uh, come to blows again later in the year in the playoffs because that would be a dreamy matchup. These two have lost it. So I'll keep pushing on. Uh, the next game here is the Johnny Unitas haircuts, so one eleven defeated by the Straight Cash Homies, with a, another healthy score of one fifty. Um, again, correctly predicted. I'm five and one on the year, and that's what everyone's here to listen for. Um, but you know, you're going pretty well when you roll out the one quarterback and still put up a one fifty, which Tim Oss did. He got a he got great contributions all around in week four it's it's no coincidence though that his score improved after finally dropping Irv Smith Jr. for old balls Olsen which did get some airtime last week but hey what would we know we're just a few muppets doing a podcast hey Timos and another point to make around the straight cash homies is they produced a healthy score whilst only four of his nine skill players put up a touchdown so Really good signs for Tim Austin because the volume's there for all of his skill players and I'm sure the touchdowns will come. As for the sensible haircuts, Russ came back down to earth a little bit with his first sub-30 score, um, pushing out a, a 20.9. So that, um, that hurt him a bit. But the wide receivers are the real strength of this squad and the lineup on the weekend is it's just not going to continually cover for Frank Gore's average of 4.9. 875 points per game. It's riveting stuff, the ageless wonder. And But I will note, it looks like both Gore and McKinnon will have the starters back ahead of them this week. So I think Manny will be looking forward to the return of Michael Thomas and hopefully Deontay Johnson this week. Um, that will put him in much better stead. But prediction records on the year, I'm 5-1. and one. Ben's moved up to 4-2 and two after going 2-0. and oh, And Keeney... You're at the bottom of a lot of these things in the EDL at the moment. You're holding us up at two and four here. So, yeah, and we'll, yeah, uh, there we'll we have probably it. continue with a bit of a theme here because we're about to take on the power rankings. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. And I'll kick us off with number 12. There was no change this week at number 12. The DFF just cementing that spot. Um, and not looking to move out of there anytime soon. But also at number 11, Keeney, uh, no change there. The grouse sitting at number 11 again. i tell you what, it was very close actually in the voting between the 12 and 11. I did see it as a bit of flip-flopping. And, and this week's matchup will surely send one of them fair wow. and squarely to number 12 and probably it's won't be able there. to come back. There's a teaser for our little previews, isn't there? How did you uh, how did you take some of those twelve uh, votes for you, Keeney? Look, not well. Um, <laughs> really? No, it's not, filthy. Does it shock you that your team, which has yet to put over one hundred and twenty all year in four games, is battling for the twelfth spot? Uh, it does a little bit because I'm red hot favourite this week, so I don't I don't really understand. Why I wouldn't be above him. Well, anyway, don't we'll... don't give away too much to the the blockbuster. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'll reel off some Jeez. stats for you if you want because you're a stats man. 
No, 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 no. We'll we'll get to it later, Benny. Thirty-eight points for you on the season to four hundred and sixty for Steph, and that's playable points. Don't even get the max points, but you're still sitting above him, and you're still salty. So anyway, yeah. we'll move on. We're giving too much time to the bottom. That's the George Kittle playable points. That's a okay, and You can only you can only play the players that are on the park. You should have just drafted better. Uh, the Jim City yeah. Stallion sitting at number ten. He's moved down a spot this week from number nine, and that's because the old San Diego Demons with their point eight win has moved up to number nine there, moved up one spot. And that takes out the bottom tier. Much needed win from the San Diego Demons to get his season up and running. I'll go through the middle four and not a heap of change here. Um, same as last week for the eight, seven and six seed. So we've got the Park City Lions at eight still. The sensible haircut still slotting in at seven. Straight cash homies still there at six after a nice win as well. Um, but at number five, we do have an entrant back into the middle quadrant. He's been up in the top end for a long, long time, and that is the humdingers. Hog, down into fifth after a win. Two and two. Injuries. Thoughts? No, that's uh, accurate. As you pointed out earlier, Keeney, I've... That's higher than what I put myself, so I'm just treating it how it is at the time, and I'm not uh not concerned of where my squad sits on the power rankings in week I'm, four. I'm also just trying to get my head around how that was a quadrant when we've broken <laughs> into three tiers. Look, quad was four, Keeney. It's a thirdrant. Sorry, <laughs> thirdrant. <laughs> it's fun. Well, we'll we'll push on to the singlerant four up the top, and. Uh, as, as you pointed out in the middle tier there, Keeney, not a lot of change. And same goes for the top tier. Papa and I have traded four and five. So Papa moves up to fourth. Um, doing very nicely, Papa. I don't mind that team there. Um, speaking of, well, everyone above here is doing very nicely. Scooter has uh, stayed at three. Matt stayed at two. And Jake is still atop the rankings. But I understand it's, it was quite close with the top rankings there. Yeah, without giving um, too much away, I can certainly reveal that number one, two, and three were all very, very close. I think consensus that Papa's four, but then the top three um, with Jake, Matt, and Scooter are very, very close indeed, and that could definitely flip in the next couple of weeks, I reckon. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Kenny loves that. Little porno drop there with McEnroe. Uh, I'll kick us off with our first overreaction. And Keeney, I did uh, shit on your team a little bit before, but here's my overreaction that you'll like. And that is, despite getting injured in week one and missing weeks two and three, George Kittle will still finish as the number one tight end of the season and propel the grouse into the 2020 playoffs. I've got an extra little spice because I thought Kittle as number one tight end wasn't juicy enough. So I've gone even more ridiculous on that one. So there you go, Keeney. There's my hot take. You've lost the plot. That's what you've done. (laughs) What's an overreaction, mate? You've got to react to something. He's put out a 40-burger. If he does that for you all year, you're going to be in more games, aren't you? Sure. Yeah. Go on. Keep going. There's enough. I've got to keep filling this dead space so Jake doesn't get on my back about too much silence. (laughs) Go. I find that highly uncorrelated with where you had me in the power rankings. But um, we'll move on to my overreaction of the week and that is that the San Diego Demons for mine are firmly in contention and this is a bit more of a prediction to have one of the more dangerous squads in the league I think they're about to get rolling the San Diego Demons and I'll go through a few of their players who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson could the coach change be a good thing we'll soon find out Devin Singletary I think is taking over this job more uh, more quickly than not with I think Zach Moss is a worry. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and I think he was a healthy scratch last week. I think it's Singletary's job, mainly Kareem Hunt now with Chubb out. Um, Terry McLaurin will be interesting watch with Kyle Allen, but he wasn't afraid to throw it down the field, even at Carolina. I just think Debo Samuel back. I just think this team has got a lot of potential to get going, and they've, you know, they've got the first win on the board. If they can get string together a few more, look out for the San Diego Demons. I like it. As do I. Big, bold overreaction slash prediction. But I I didn't actually have an overreaction. And this might be the first live overreaction. I'm going to overreact to your overreaction, Ben. Because (laughs) A, the grouse. T, 
to come back from 0-4 to make the playoffs. Jesus, Jesus. Uh, but are we... I'll ask this question to you, boys. Are we playing the Thomas the Tank engine for the wrong team in this league? Because, as you rightly pointed out, the Grouse has scored less points than the DFF, yet we continue to hang shite on the DFF and not the Grouse. So, I don't know what, it, what, it, what you're calling this, but I just thought I'd overreact to your reaction there, Ben. Keeney? You got any thoughts on this? Salt Bay? <laughs> Salt Bay. No, not really. I think that's a fair overreaction, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll be honest. I may have pushed the limits of the overreaction with the Keeney part at the end there. But, uh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. With the, I, I think the difference between one tank and the other is that uh, Steph is he's openly tanking. Keeney's a bit more covert about it. Yeah, and if we're going to be real about it, I think Keeney's got some quality players that haven't been scoring for him for various reasons that'll yeah. come back pretty shortly. So, like suspended teams and COVID and all sorts of other things. Anyway, we'll uh, we've we've spent a lot of time on overreactions, so why not continue with some more overreactions in our previews? Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in the that. Geneva Convention. Does, look it up. All right, Keeney, you've got a great game to kick it off this week, don't you? I, I do, and I, I had in my preview that I thought this one was pretty unlucky not to be, to game, to be game of the week because I did think that it had, it had massive implications for both teams in this one. But with the recent news of the trade live on the pod, I tell you what, I did take note of on the sleeper, it had a bit of a 50-50 feel to it in the projections. Now, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the projections, but already... And I know you will slot in someone else, but already that's slid down to about 80% Hod's way. It'll probably end up being about 60% his way to start with. But let's move on to the players you do have. And I think the big talking point from both of your sides will be in the QB position. Will you start Herbert over Baker this week? That's point number one. Um, And will Hod play Flipper Allen against the Rams in that super flex spot? Bit of a conspiracy from Hod earlier about Cam Newton. So who knows? He may just slot him in nicely. But look, we're in week five and who'd have thought? And it, this here goes my whole thing again. It was Mike Davis and Ronald Jones versus Miles Gaskin and James Robinson. But James Robinson's gone. So now it's just Miles Gaskin in there for big Benny boy. Who are you going to put in to replace him, Ben? Well, as we speak, I'm looking at my lineup and I've just slotted old Flexi Burkhead. But he's got the starting oh. role. At the moment, because I think that's about all I can do. I've got, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll have a bit of a look at it, but yeah, it may have, may have left me a bit short at running back there, but we will see. I have noted, Hod, that you've gone the three-headed monster at tight end with Ertz, Dalton, Schultz and Tyler Higby in the super flex, uh, sorry, in the flex positions as well. But surely, surely you're tempted to get the big fella. Big oh. Momo on the field. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to talk about Big Flipper. Now that I've heard his nickname, I might just slide him in the big fella. But uh, yeah, if I could play, can I play Mo? Yeah, I could in the Superflex. I could go the four Gigantor stack. Um, <laughs> the quad no, stack. I, I somehow, well, Mo Ali Cox is probably outscoring Drake at the minute, but I think at the moment Drake's in there or Kyle Allen. Um, mm. But we'll see. I'm looking forward yeah, we to will. it. Ben. Look, just to finish, I think there's a, there's some injuries on both sides of it. Obviously, Godwin and CMC and, and Chubb for you, Ben, and now you've lost Robinson. But um, I did. I, I will be honest with the viewers here and the loyal listeners of this Maybe podcast. I did, I did predict a slight upset in this one. I'm going to tinker, which I don't normally like to do. I've run it by Matt and he's okay with it. I'm going to change my prediction to the humdingers. But I'll tell you what, you'd want to see a bit out of Drake Hod. Surely this is the week against the Jets. You're not, yeah. Mm. I don't have anything to say other than I've read it a lot. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping for a Mixon turnaround because Mixon was doing very similarly. And yeah, it's uh, pull your finger out, Kingsbury. 
Come on, Kenyon. All right, um, let's move on to the second matchup. There's not a heap to go through with this one, unfortunately. It's the Gym City Stallions against Prestige Black Leather Gloves worldwide. 4-0 makes a barnstorming trade with Ben live on air, and he, geez, he looks good. But what a great time to get to catch Jim here as well. He misses Aaron Rodgers, and he only has two QBs. Plus, it's unlikely that Derrick Henry is going to play as well. So I think we're going to see the return of the great man, Philip Lindsay. We know he invested a little bit in him. No, contro- no, no controversy at all in that one. But uh, I think you'll start big Philippe in the, in the lineup. Um, and obviously, with Matty Mack's side losing Eckler, just been cushioned there with, with the news. Of Robinson coming straight into the into the uh, into the lineup, but I don't think there's a heap more to add. I think the Prestige Worldwide roll, uh, Prestige Worldwide will roll here to five and zero, and by this time next week they'll be the number one power ranked team in the comp. Ooh. You are just full of predictions, aren't you? Um, <laughs> it but, went zero and two last week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. Looking at that trade, it's actually been a double whammy uh, with Jim in the division. So uh, this is this is really the NFC East, this division, I tell you what. Um, but next game, straight cash homies versus the Bayside Executioners. Now, this is a juicy matchup. Uh, it's a good week for Timos to draw Scoot with Stafford, Golladay and Adams on the bye. Both teams don't have many favourable matchups looking at it on paper. So the scoring may be a little lower than what these two are usually expecting. And it remains to be seen whether Tim gets uh, Tannehill back or not. It's looking unlikely at this stage. But the prediction, I think the Bayside executioners, quite frankly, will be lost without Jamal Williams on by this week. And the straight cash hobos, as Scoop likes to call them. We'll uh, get the job done and move above 500 on the season. So we'll, uh, we'll move on to the next game here. Your firm favourite, the San Diego Demons, Keeney, versus OJ's legal team. So a one and three versus a three and one. Looks lopsided, but you never know with this one. This seems on paper that it's a mismatch, but the scoring projections have it pretty close, or a lot closer than what I would have thought. Nice little quarterback duel with Carr head-to-head with Mahomes, um, obviously on these two teams as well. I like a few of Jake's matchups this week, in particular the new addition off of the highly talented waiver wire in Trey Burton at tight end. Doesn't have to prove his worth. He's just going to get slotted straight in there um, due to the injury to the fan and the lack of depth at the position. So, I know you like the San Diego Demons here, Keeney, to get the season back on track, but I might ha- it might have to wait another week. I-, I like Jake to take this one out. Well, I'm, I know we're on a podcast and we're doing this through Zoom, but boys, can you smell that? That's, yeah, I can smell an upset. It's an upset it's brewing. This is an absolute upset <laughs> special. <laughs> oh, Brucey. Oh, my God. I wish I had the sound drop for crickets or a tumbleweed or something there, mate. You you have once again delivered on that expectation. All right, we'll keep powering because we're at the hour mark here. Uh, we've got the Johnny United Sensible Haircuts at 2-2 two and two now taking on Pappas Punishers at 3-1. and one. Oh, God, I'm not going to get tired of that. Um, Punishers coming off another solid scoring week and uh, appear to have a near full strength lineup, which is what he's going to need uh, to be strongly competing this year. And the same can't be said for the sensible haircuts who are reeling without many of their starters. He'll be watching to see closely if Michael Thomas does finally suit up this week. I know it was pretty touch and go last week and he was, uh, was probably expecting him and he was out in the end. Deontay Johnson has been cleared of the concussion protocols. who so will be looking to get him back and help foster that. <laughs> Line up as my cat just smashes a glass in the background. How good's that? Um, <laughs> How's okay. that for a sound grab? There's a sound grab. It wasn't even part of the soundboard. That was real life. <laughs> That's not my... another domestic, is it, there, Betty? <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, all right. I might pause and check that there's no damage out there. Uh, my prediction, though, is just like Dwayne Haskin himself. I see the sensible haircuts continuing to have a rocky start to their career. And the Punishers looking to add another notch to their punishing belt. 
And we have left uh, possibly the juiciest matchup of the week till very last. This is what uh, we have deemed the matchup of the week, which only means one thing. I wasn't going to let that play out, but it just got better and better as it went. I normally you two need a moment, and I'll just run the pot on my own for a little bit. You two have lost it. I normally uh, play the regular sort of Monday night football theme, but because this matchup is the Grouse at 0 4 taking on the DFF at 0 4, they deserve that version of the Monday night football or the Fox football theme there, the old kazoo version. Well, what can we say? In a match that has been described as the Owen Bowl, uh, which team will notch their first W for the season and which team will be changing their name to Owen Fife on the season? Keeney's lineup's been bolstered with the return of Kittle. He was, uh, he was looking for AJ Brown to return, but COVID seems to be just getting in the way again for him. So I'm sure that is just going to frustrate the man even further as he's... Uh, doing the old pistol symbols to his head right now. <laughs> the QBs, <laughs> I think, uh, are most likely going to shape this Pooey matchup. We've got Wentz and Jones, who have severely underwhelmed. And Steph might only have the ripper if Jimmy G is ruled out for this week as his lone healthy quarterback. So he'll be waiting and watching there. And even if Jimmy G comes in, it's not like he's going to light the world up with his scoring. So my prediction is, before I give my prediction, Hod, what did you want to add? Oh, I just wanted to know, uh, Keeney, if there has been any wager between you and Steph for this matchup, which some in the league are calling the Trevor Lawrence Cup. So is there any little side bets on this one? Uh, not to my knowledge at this stage. Um, if are we too Steph, early? If you're listening, Steph, I'm more than, more than welcome to... You're more than welcome to offer me a, a bet in this one. Um, you know, I'm I'm not fussed either way. I'll I'll, I'll leave it up to you though to organise something because you seem like you don't, you're not very committal to anything. You're always saying, "Oh, what better, mom? I'll do the. You wouldn't do the bet. I'll do the bet." So like, yeah, if you want to bet with me, go for it. But otherwise, whatever. He I'll loves to bet hundred dollar bottles of wine and then buy ten dollar bottles. Yeah, I'll tell you what is better is on a pod, you get those nice little accents that Kenny puts on because they don't pop up in the group chat. That is yeah. special. Love <laughs> it. It's hard, to, it's hard to portray that in the group chat, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, look, if he wants to do a bottle bet, that's fine. That should uh, be a good matchup. We're both pretty crap. We'll know when he's officially listened to this pod because I'm sure the, uh, the commentary will come through in the chat straight after. So, anyway, go, go Kenny, quick. I need I to get my say one, one quick thing. As a Giants fan, Ben, can we get something out of Daniel Jones against the Cowboys secondary? Like, if he doesn't produce this week, I'm cert- the alarm bells are starting to ring. If he doesn't produce this week, I'm almost convinced with Barkley done for the season that they might compete with the other New York team to uh, get Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. And I'm, that's, that's an overreaction that I can put in there if you want. But he has looked... As someone who in his rookie season showed very good glimpses but struggled with ball security, he yes, he's faced tough defences, but he hasn't looked to uh, improve that ball security, which as a fan of the Giants is pretty alarming right now. Hod? I was just going to say, we, we may be able to dig up on a past pod that that did get brought up about the Giants playing for Trevor Lawrence. So... We'll see how it goes. And that schedule doesn't get any easier. It's actually not just the start of the season. It's, it is a brutal one for the whole year. Um, so hopefully Danny Dimes turns it around for you, Ben, and Keeney. Yeah, well, well, we'll have to just wait and see. But my prediction for this one is that uh, Kittle will tuck the grouse under his arm and ironically reward the Owen Sledger himself, Steph, to the inaugural Owen Bowl. Uh, so Steph... As the bloke who gets stuck into everyone else, you look down the barrel of being the only uh, team without a win in this league. 
So there's always things that go down in the history books and the DFF could potentially go down in the history books, but so could the grouse, which ooh, as a bloke who started this league up and, and was very keen to get dynasty going, I don't think he would have envisioned being potentially the bloke in the history books to be the last to get a win in the league. That'd be pretty funny as well in itself, wouldn't it, Keeney? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um, I will say that all you need is one win and a little bit of confidence. And I won't, I wouldn't write myself off just yet if, if I can get get past the DFF. That's it. That was my know. overreaction. Kittle, Kittle will take you to the playoffs, mate, and and you can keep. You can just play that little sound grab on loop every time you go to sleep at night, just to help you rest easy. But uh, back by popular demand this week after a stunning. Uh, Stunning introduction of Hod's Crystal Balls. It's back again by popular demand and has got its own drop. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. And when I played that to Hod, uh, his first comment, which I'm sure he he says often, is, uh, where were the balls in the drop? So... I'll, I'll try and get some more balls in there for you next time, mate. But kick us off with your crystal ball this week. Yeah, there is only one this week. Um, went pretty rough 0-2 last week, so I'll just try with one first. But this one's a little bit of a conspiracy, if you like. But there's a sneaky suspicion that Cam Newton's 10-day quarantine happens to end on Sunday, American time. And... Bill Belichick's known for his tricks. So is there a chance here that there could be even another chance now that uh, Gilmore's had a positive test, but is there a chance that Bill Belichick plays some funny buggers and fakes a little cough or a sneeze and gets this game postponed to Monday so he doesn't have to put up with the Stidden Hoyer show one more time? Keeney, you keen to get in this one? Are you trying to say there could be a bit of chicamery? Ben, where is it? I might even have to go in post and put these crickets in. God damn it, you're making my life tough for me. Um, Okay. He's he's He's, he's done a walk-off. That's like a a walk-off home run there. And on that note, oh, what a way to go out on such a a high note there from (laughs) Keith. Anyway. If people are still listening at this point, that's probably on them more than you, mate. Uh, you can give us a shout out. I'll just remind you on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, that is real at EDL Pod. If you want to uh, get involved in maybe throwing suggestions out for the pod, maybe uh, segments you like, dislike, feedback, uh, like maybe our breaks between talking is too long. Whatever it is you want to give feedback on, feel free. But, boys, another interesting week on a live trade on air, which I'm sure caught you both off guard. And uh, just give us your final thoughts before we wrap it up. Another very nice podcast, boys. Um, and to Steph, mate, made the worst team win or lose. Good luck either way. Good. Yes, good luck to all. Another good week. Love this league. And as we're too familiar with, Scooters a bell end over and out. It's <laughs> a good new little slogan to sign off there. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs>